Hello, world, and welcome back to another episode of the Let's Talk Audio Podcast. Woohoo! So, before we dive into our new episode that's coming out, I just want to say I know it has been a minute. It has been a very hot minute since I put out an episode. Uh, just know that uh, the break was not of a planned doing. However, you know, my world temporarily exploded over the last few months, but now we're trying to get back on track, okay? So just know that um, I greatly appreciate all you guys who have listened before the break, and I greatly appreciate all you guys who are listening after the break. Now, let's get on into it, because today's episode, we have a wonderful Foley artist, she's a sound designer, and she's the sound editor for the sound team of Rooster Teeth's animation department, where she's been working since 2016. So let's welcome our super wonderful guest, Miss Alina. Also, just so you know, I believe that Alina was actually my last interview that I did in person before the whole global pandemic shut down tomfoolery. So don't think that we were out here interviewing in COVID times, face to face, because let's be honest, that's not happening. <laughs> but just so you know, because I do think that we reference um, at one point that we're actually sitting in the same room together. So I hope that you guys enjoy this episode. I hope that you like what we have to talk about. And as always, please leave a review wherever it is that you are listening to this podcast at, because let me tell you, those reviews are super helpful. In the meantime, enjoy! Let's talk audio. First off, where did you go to school? Uh, I went to the University of North Texas in Denton. Oh, yeah. good old UNT. Yes. Go Eagles. <laughs> I actually toured that school because I wanted to go there at one point, and then they didn't have an engineering program. So then I was uh, like, failure. Sound engineering yeah. is what I should say more specifically. Yeah, I went for their film school, radio, television, film. Mm. I just kind of stuck in that and then like took all the sound classes, <laughs> which was like three, but still, I took all of them. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, Okay, wait, pause. So we have to do a technical uh, official introduction of you. Oh. I always forget this part. I always <laughs> just start talking to people and then I'm like, oh yeah, nobody knows who you are, but it's fine. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so it is pronounced Alana, right? Alina. Alina. Okay. I was like, I don't know. Oh, don't worry. It's called. I get every which way. I'm like, I'm, I'm just happy if you like kind of get it. <laughs> she was like, that's not the right verb though. <laughs> um, noun. Wait, what is what is it? It's a verb. No, wait, no, that's not either of those things. Um, vowels. It's not a vowel. Yes. It's the wrong vowel. I was like, verbs. What are Verbs are what you do. And I couldn't reconcile that in my brain. I was That was really a struggle for a second. Okay, so Alina. They called you Alana at the AES thing. Yeah. They, yeah. I was like, right? Like, I was like, I'm pretty sure that's where I got that from. So I was say, I get Alana and I get Elena a lot. Elena. And I don't know how many times I've been just like, hi, I'm Alina. Oh, nice to meet you, Elena. I was like, well, oh, okay. 
You just kind of get used to it after, you know, 30 years. You know, it's fine. It's my life. I feel that way about my name because Tangela, I think people, they just drop the T. Oh, yeah. And so then it's like, oh, hi, Angela. And I'm like, mm, there's definitely a T there. There's It's Tangela. And they're like, oh, okay. And then they like pause. <laughs> and they they're pause. like, I want to call you Angela again. And I'm like, but that's still not <laughs> that's right. Not correct. <laughs> and then people are like, oh, that's such a really pretty name. And I'm like, yeah, thank you. And then they're like... And the next time they meet you, do they ever do that whole, you have such a really pretty name? Yes, I've gotten that. But I can't quite remember what it is. Yeah, can, can you remind me how to pronounce I'm just like, Alina. Okay, great Elena. <laughs> You're still wrong. Yeah. I am not a character from the Vampire Diaries. <laughs> um, which I think is where people get it from. I, Maybe. It's more modern. So, I don't know. Right. Did you ever watch that show? Uh, I've only seen like a couple episodes, but I never really got like got into it. <laughs> I mean, it was a good show, but it wasn't yeah. like like the thing that you're just like, I have to go out into the world and I have to watch this show. Now, I will say I read the books. Um, so the books were really great, but she didn't finish them because then she got fired from her own series. Oh, so that was a, well, that was a fun experience. <laughs> there um, you go. And so she didn't finish the series. Um, and so they had like ghostwriters who came in, which is why like the last three books say created by oh, instead of oh, good old created by good old created by. <laughs> and you could tell when she stopped writing the series because if uh-huh. you were reading the book, the last book that she wrote. Um, there's like, it's like halfway through the book, the writing style just changes completely. <laughs> and you're like, yep, yep. It's somebody like trying to imitate her, but it's right. just not, yeah. it's, there's no, <laughs> like just no. And so, um, the book series was really good. I actually really enjoyed the book series. Um, and so I was really excited for the TV show because I was like, oh my goodness, is it gonna, and I don't know why I thought it was going to be like the books. Yeah. Anything that's ever based off a book is usually never actually really that close to the book. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and so then I was like, oh, and then I watched the show and then it continued for forever. And then all this crazy stuff happened. And I was like, that is nowhere in any, there, that was never <laughs> even a setup for nothing. Like there was no even potential for that. Like, right. like these people, these characters didn't even exist. They created people out of nowhere. There was no like storyline that traveled anywhere in this direction. So and so died in the first book, and they never came back. Like, yeah. what are you doing? <laughs> and so um, that was, was me in the Walking Dead series. I read the comics, and I'm just oh, like, yeah. oh lord, We're, what what's wrong? TV series. Really, those people yeah. really love the Walking Dead. I I liked it. I quit after season three just because it would have, like, the first season I always say is, like, it's great. It's fantastic. Watch the first season. The second season is terrible because it's just a bottleneck season. They get onto a farm and then they never leave. And that was, like, two pages, I swear, in the comics that they were on that farm. And then and then um, season three was pretty good. But then I just kind of dropped off it's super like i didn't really need it to be exactly like the comics but it was just like huh i don't know where you're going with this and then i kind of read what kept going on and then i realized that it's still going on yeah (laughs) and i read what was happening i was like oh well i'm not gonna watch them anymore (laughs) this is not for me yeah no no yeah no i feel that i feel like that happens a lot more often than we want to give it credit for and people are like no but the movie version was really good and it's like it's really good if you don't think about what it came from (laughs) right like if you can separate that in your mind then it's fantastic oh yeah um i'm not that good um i'm just not i'm i'm personally offended when things don't go the way i think that they're supposed to go i'm like oh how dare you why are you attacking me right now? Like I, I don't, like I, 
<laughs> I'd put way too much stock in it. Um, and, and it's kind of bad. Uh, I used to be a lot worse than I am now. Now I'm a lot better. I'm like, I've chilled out. I'm like, okay, I know as an adult that this is not going to be the same. Like, I really loved the movie Hidden Figures. Mm. I loved those ladies' stories before the movie because yeah. um, my mom, she we we used to have these books um, when we were kids that were like, um, that, that focused specifically on African-American history. Mm-hmm. And so it was just a book of like little excerpts about people. And then my mom would make us go and research more about them. Mm-hmm. So then you would like end up like having like this like whole like knowledge about these different people and what they've done in the world and just different, just different stuff that you don't, wouldn't normally learn in school, which was great. Um, and one of the ladies was in the book. Mm -hmm. And so then that's how I found out about petition and that whole story and everything. And so I was really excited when the movie came out, but then I had to check myself because I was like, but you got to remember it's a movie. Right. (laughs) And they're wanting to sell tickets yeah (laughs) remember that (laughs) um but the movie was actually really good like i thought it was i thought it was a good movie as a as a standalone thing if you don't think too much about like all of the intricate details right like if you're not like nitpicking and you're just like overarching that it cover the themes overarching that they have these experiences overarching these are those things and it was great but if you're like does she explicitly say this at this moment and this time or you're like chalking apart like all these different things and did he really go beat down the sign with the baseball bat like <laughs> like, like was it like that explicit or right. was it just like a thing that happened or like you know if it was yeah. more nuanced than that mm-hmm. and so um but it was i don't know i i wasn't offended when i left the movie i was like man yeah <laughs> yeah you ladies were doing it. Like, you made me want to, like... like Because I remember when I was reading about them, they made me, like, really love math. Like, yeah. well, not love math, because they didn't make me love math, but I love the idea of being a mathematician. Oh, yeah. Because they inspired me in that regard. Like, it was, like, in, it was like an encouraging thing to be like, you can be a lady in a STEM field. Right. <laughs> Instead of it being like, ah, that's not really what people do. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not really what girls do. We do other things. I don't right. know. Like, that was, like, a stupid mindset. When yeah. That, that was what, like, the, oh, gosh, 60s, right? Yeah. Figures? Yeah. That was, like, the yeah. 60s. Yeah, that lovely mindset of, hmm, how's work? Mm-hmm. That's what you're good for. It's like, hmm, no yeah, thanks. Could <laughs> you imagine? I can't imagine living in that time period. Oh, no. Mm-mm. Um, Because I feel like I would die. <laughs> I'd be yeah. so depressed. But then there's the argument that if it's all you've ever known, right. then would you really have felt that way if that's all you've ever been in? And then I'm like, ugh. Right. I don't have time for you and your nuances. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just convinced for me, okay? <laughs> Um, okay, so anyways, we should introduce you. Okay. So, how about you introduce yourself? <laughs> now that we finally come right. back to that. <laughs> After, I don't know, 10 minutes yeah. of not. <laughs> not talking about, <laughs> not about that at movies all. and corona, you know. It's fine. usual stuff. <laughs> movies and mathematicians. <laughs> our personal offendedness right. by things that we like. <laughs> it's cool. People not cleaning. Because <laughs> they're gross. Wash your, <laughs> wash your hands. Just wash your hands. Please wash your hands. <laughs> Well, uh, my name is Alina Lekorczyk. <laughs> I am a sound designer, sound editor, and Foley artist at Rooster Teeth uh, for their animation department. And yeah, I'm a woman in sound. <laughs> She's like, yeah, yeah, that's a thing. That's a thing. <laughs> that was the best like intro ever. You're like, 
and yeah, that's yeah. the thing. That's- I don't know what else you want me to tell you. That's that's basically it. Um, so that's cool. <laughs> Um, so how about um, we start off with your history? How did you get into this? I mean, I know you said um, that you went to UNT, yeah. which is a really cool school up in DF Dub. Fun fact: I'm also from DF Dub, oh, nice. so that's really cool. Uh, we have that in common. I do yeah. not have a two one four phone number though. <laughs> Mine is still eight one seven. Thank you. Huh? Mine's two one four. My parents, though, still have 972. And that's just, like, super old school. Man. (laughs) I wanted a 972 number for so long. And I know that sounds, like, super lame. But as, like, a DFW kid, I was just like, I really want a 972 phone number. I just really, really, really wanted it. And then when we got cell phones, they were 817 because we weren't even in Dallas. We were in (laughs) Tarrant County. And I was like, I want it. My mom was like, really? I remember telling her that. She was like, that's so dumb. And she she just walked away from me. She just looked at me like you're an idiot, and I just walked away. I'm really personally offended. Um, but um, anyways, so you went to school. What what did you study? How did you get into this? Yeah, well, I guess uh, I'm one of those weird people that knew what they wanted to do when they were little. Mm. Like, in elementary school, I actually saw a uh, television program on uh, Foley artists. And I was just like, oh, wow. That's so cool. That's what I want to do when I grow up after, you know, being a veterinarian, police officer, astronaut. But yeah, that's, I, I was just like, yeah. And I went to my parents and said, Mom, Dad, I want to be a Foley artist. And my mom's just like, oh, that's great, dear. And turned to my dad, why does she want to work at Foley's? But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, that just kind of delved me into um, into the world of sound. And I, the more I researched it, the more I looked into it, the the more I liked it. And I, uh, where did I go from there? Yeah. I started looking at sound schools, wound up at UNT. And then from there, I got an internship at Dallas Audio Post. Um, worked there for about a year. I was an intern and then they hired me as a freelancer. And there I worked on like, I did Foley for some movies and commercials, but I also did like, I did everything there. Location, the sound, sound editing, um, I think the only thing I actually didn't do was recording, yo recording. <laughs> <laughs> I do all the setup, but I never actually did it. I didn't do that till my next job. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, right quick, just for people who don't know, what is Foley? Oh, okay, yeah. So Foley is, for the amount of times I'll explain it, you think I'd have a set definition. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, so Foley artistry is the performance and syncing of sound to picture. So... During like location um, recordings and things like that, you they're really only getting uh, the voices from the actors, uh, footsteps or any other little miscellaneous sounds that you hear. You don't really they don't actually really pick that up. So somebody has to come in and perform that and mimic what's going on screen. And yeah, they sync it to sound or they sync it to film. Let me try that sentence again. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, you'll have a Foley artist that will uh, perform the sound and sync it. And, yeah, Foley artistry. Fun. That sounds really cool. Um, I always thought that was super cool how people did that. <clears throat> I never, I didn't know what it was until later in life. And I was like, no, you just have a person and they have a mic and then it just catches all the things. And then somebody was like, that's not at all how that works. And I was like, oh. And then I, like, watched, like... <laughs> somebody posts like a thing about how they go back and like re-record and do voiceovers and oh, yeah. all that sort of stuff and they talked about it mm-hmm. and I was like oh that's so cool <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing 
There's so much that goes into like film and television that like well, people don't think about it at all. People just don't even realize it's like an option. Um, which is kind of why I was super intrigued when I saw you because I was like, "There's a lady doing it. We should talk about it." <laughs> And then I was super awkward in my way of asking you. And I just ran away. I was, I was, it was so cold during that too. It was so cold. Hey, so just a um, slight backstory. We were um, meeting at, uh, I met her at a AES meeting, um, which is the uh, Audio Engineering Society, uh, Austin chapter. And uh, they had this uh, panel with um, the sound design, the sound, sound team, sound team yeah. from uh, Rooster Teeth. Um, and, we were sitting outside in this courtyard, and it was so cold. It was so cold and, and windy. Like, it was cold and windy, and it was at night, and I, it was like 30 or 40 degrees. Yeah. And if you're not from Texas, okay, look, I know it's 20 degrees somewhere, okay? But for us here, yeah. it is cold, and we were not having it, no. okay? And it was like 60 degrees that afternoon. So it was just like a nice light jacket. Yeah. And then you get there and then it's just like, oh, great. 30 degree weather in my jacket. Yeah. And it was so windy, it kept blowing over the projector. <laughs> yeah. And so then they kept trying to like weigh it down with backpacks. Okay. Because <laughs> that was the genius idea. Um, <laughs> so just so you know, like we were freezing. And so I came up to her after that panel and was like, would you be on my podcast? <laughs> and she was like, okay, here's my contact. And I said, okay, great. Bye. And then I just ran away. Like, like, just gone because <laughs> I was so cold and I and I had this whole like thing in my head I was gonna like pitch you on it and I was like I have nothing I'm just gonna ask you she said yes all right honey, cold. <laughs> goodbye and then these other people were like wanting to talk to me and I had like no time I, and I felt a little bit bad when I left I was like oh I probably should have talked to them but I was so cold and I don't do cold well <laughs> because I'm from Texas you and me both we've been nowhere else um I don't know how people survive where no. there's real snow. Oh, I can where never move there. Where never. there's the wind. I don't I don't know what you're doing. No. I'm not doing it. <laughs> give give me my 90 and 100 degree weather. I'm okay with that. Look, I can survive. <laughs> it's only three months. Okay? Yeah. It's only 100 degrees for three months. And then we go back to being normal. Yeah. And we have these mild winters. It's fabulous. <laughs> I don't know you don't want to live in Texas. <laughs> don't move here, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm kidding. You can move here. I just don't want my rent to go up. <laughs> if I'm being honest, oh, I'm, I want to tell you something. And I, I mean, I, I, mean, I keep this in, but um, I was kind of hoping that maybe with this whole pandemic thing that people won't be moving as much. So then my rent will go down as a result because then they'll be like, oh, snap, nobody's moving. So we can't like upcharge. Yeah. And so I really, I really, really hope that like that, that, that just takes a dive. Right. Just like a little bit. Just or at so least just slows it down. Just like slows it down or something. So that way I'm not like, so <laughs> next year, <laughs> my rent's going to be $1,000 oh, and or some like insane number like that. So, uh, oh, yeah, no, the closer to the city you get, the just the more insane it is. That's why I live in Pflugerville. It's the outside skirts of Austin, but nice, affordable rent. Yeah, but then you have that nice, horrible drive. Well, I, I actually work in North Austin, so I don't like... My exit is right before all the traffic gets really bad. Really? So, like, I'm just like, oh, it's great. It's 15 minutes. That's it. <laughs> oh, I'm good with that commute. That's awesome. So that's really cool. Um, so I don't have that. I take the bus all the time uh, because I hate driving and the city stresses me out um, in terms of driving. Like, right. just because there's so many different types of drivers, oh, yeah. so many different types of people. Oh, I'd be yeah. like, oh, I'm going to need you guys. 
I'm gonna well, need you guys to be on the same page. I, I drove in Dallas for like what ten years before I moved here, so I'm just I got used to it real fast. But to me, Dallas driving is they're like aggressive. It's very aggressive, but yeah. you know that Dallas. Say, they're not stupid. Austin drivers are just stupid. Like my mom, she is a speed demon. Okay, I get it from her. People are always like, "Why are you speeding?" It's because of her. Her and my father both—they're just like little speed bullets down the highway. Okay, like my mom gets on the toll road simply because she knows that they're not gonna pull her over, but also because the speed limit on the toll road yeah. is like seventy-five, oh, which yeah. means it's that like she always... can go ninety-five. Right, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and and you think I'm being dramatic? It's no. a real thing. Dallas That's cops really real don't thing. care unless you're over twenty miles yeah. per hour. Yeah, and so you're just like. Chilling, living your best life, like speeding. And so she, when she came here to visit me, uh-huh. she's like, I hate the way they drive here. And so she gets so frustrated because she's like, I'm in the left lane and they're going too slow. And so oh, she's yeah. like, they used to get over, but they don't get over here. And so then she gets no. that and then she gets frustrated. She's like, I hate it. So anytime she comes to visit me, I always drive because I'm going to have a little bit more patience since I've lived here for longer. Because otherwise she gets so mad. She's like, I want to go back home so badly. <laughs> And then I go home and I have to remind myself, oh, yeah, that's right. They're yeah. more aggressive. It's and true. they're not stupid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was you know what you get in Dallas. Yeah. In Austin, it's just a, it's a free-for-all sometimes, I swear. I don't know how many times I've seen people, like, cut across four lanes of traffic to their exit. And it's yeah. just like, really? There's another exit half a mile down. Just do it. Turn around. Do you yeah. really have to cut across four lanes? Yes. Or why didn't you get over before that? Right. Like, you had all the space in between then and now. Like, yeah. it's not like the exit just snuck up on you. It's not like it just came out of nowhere and bam, there was an exit. Right. Like, what were you doing? And if you didn't know that exit was there, then it probably wasn't meant for you to take it. So you really should have just went <laughs> down true. to the next one. Like, it's, oh, it's so crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that has anything to do with audio. It doesn't. Just... Oh my gosh. I don't just, drive in Austin. It sucks. <laughs> That's the moral. The moral of the story, don't drive in Austin. You will hate your life. Yeah. Um, unless you're one of those grandma drivers. Oh my um, gosh. In which case you just you're just content. Yeah. Because um I'm not. Uh I, I have so many friends who are like, Oh yeah, we just drive the speed limit and we're just a cruising. And I'm like, the speed limit. People are like, what is the speed limit? I'm like, I don't know. Like they're like, but don't you live on this road? And I'm like, I don't even know what the speed limit is. Like, I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't be looking. Like I'm cruising. Like either you in my way or you not. Like I don't I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> and so um don't ask me what speed limits are, like, ever. Um, I, I promise you I won't know. Um, also, this is why I don't drive. <laughs> this is why I take public transit. People are like, why are you so hard about public transit? This is why. Okay? I'm a speed demon. I don't know the speed limit. And everybody on the road probably hates me. Um, but I will say this much. I'm not a dangerous driver. I'm oh, yeah. not a whipping in and out of traffic oh, yeah, when you're reckless. going oh, like yeah. i'm not reckless i don't get those people yeah i'm like what are you doing yeah just stay. especially it's always my favorite when i'm just sticking in my lane and i see them weaving in and out and then i've caught up to them like two seconds later and it's just like hi i don't know where you thought you're going but it wasn't anywhere because we're still in all we're all still sitting in traffic yeah. i don't know if you know that or not <laughs> right. um, there's nobody going it's bumper anywhere. to bumper i don't know what you're expecting uh, <laughs> but it's cool you know i'm not that person i'm never that person but it is funny to watch those people although this one oh man i watched this one car cut off a 18 wheeler and i was like why 
They don't. They have more. Mo- they have more momentum than you. Yeah. They cannot stop as fast as you can. Oh yeah. They will hit you. Yeah. They will crush you. Yes. You may or may not be seriously <laughs> injured. Yes. Don't do that. Don't do that. I. I just. I like. That's my like little personal PSA. Mo- <laughs> PSA moment. Um. Don't cut off the eighteen wheelers. Don't cut off the buses or the trucks or really any vehicle that is larger like that because they will probably squish you if they hit you and you might not walk away. (laughs) Just a fact. That's just science. (laughs) Um, And if you want a mathematical formula, I'm sure we can write one for you. Also, it's just called physics. So really just go open a physics book and they will tell you all about why that's not a good idea. Um, Just just so you know. <laughs> um, anyways, we were talking about audio. Yeah. How we're moving oh, yeah, audio. audio. <laughs> That's the whole point of this. What are we doing? I don't even know. Um, you got a lot to cut out. <laughs> No. Oh my gosh. So that's one of the things that like I've come to the conclusion with about Mm -hmm. this podcast is that people like this. Oh, nice. Which is great because this is the way I normally talk anyway. So like at first I was really afraid that people weren't going to like the way that I talk Mm because my mind is always just a going. And I'm just like, oh, the topic came up and there's a new topic and then there's another thing. And I'm like, maybe you like it maybe you won't I don't really know some people find it hard to conversate with me sometimes because they're like you're doing too much really? and I'm like ah, it's it's a real thing people people don't like me sometimes um, they be like you are a bit extra and I'm like oh am I no I don't feel that way I don't think so but whatever I don't really care yeah. um, but they do say that and so that was one of the things I was concerned about I was like oh I hope people don't hate this because of the way I talk like most interviews you hear people say things like it's here's this question you answer here's oh, yeah. a question now you answer and i was like that sounds so not my style right you know and so i was just like nah we're just gonna talk it's <laughs> like i'm like interview it's really just us talking and so um but people have really responded to that yeah. and they've liked it so i like it yeah no that's so awesome. it's been great so but that was something i was concerned about i will not i will not lie about it i was like oh don't hate me um <laughs> I because like in regular life I'd break out in songs I have voices for everything I tell stories and people are like what's happening and I'm like I don't know it's just what happens and it's great <laughs> um, so um so you always wanted to be a sound designer basically yes um so okay so tell me this is there a significant difference <laughs> smooth segue by the way <laughs> is there a significant difference between um or let me rephrase that question is there a difference between um sound designing mm-hmm. um being um, an effects editor mm-hmm. versus audio mixing for movies tv shows for what you do yeah so um Definitely between sound design and sound mixing. So, uh, well, so the three, I guess, major things with sound, or I guess there, there's other parts, but sorry. <laughs> Let me try that again. <laughs> um, one of the, or three of the big things with sound is sound editing, sound mixing, and sound designing. Um, sound editing and sound designing, there's lots of debate about that, what makes a sound editor versus a sound designer. But basically, an editor, uh, you could say, is a person that is just taking something, you could say, from a library, putting it in to sync it with uh, the visuals. So, for instance, if a door opens, um, they just they might have taken a door sound in and put it put it in. Or uh, chairs move or um, 
a doorbell or something like that. Mm -hmm. There's not necessarily like a Foley artist that came in and did that. Somebody, you know, just placed in that sound. Uh, a sound designer is like they're creating a uh, specific sound effect. I guess you could see like a monster roar. They're not necessarily just taking, you know, here's a lion and putting it in or something like that. They're, um, they're putting together a ton of different sounds using a lot of different plugins and things like that to create like a monster sound or maybe like a vortex or magic sound um, versus a mixer. Uh, a mixer is the person who basically takes everything at um, the end. So takes everything from the composers, the Foley artists, the designers, the editors, they take everything together, put it into one session and then they will level it, mix it, do panning, you know, create, or they might make creative decisions along mm -hmm. with the director over, well, we don't really need this sound effect or, oh, you know, let's bring up this thing instead. Or, mm -hmm. hey, you know what? We're going to cut out some of the music here. You know, they're the ones that are carving out what the movie fi uh, sounds like in the final. Oh, okay. So, the fin in the final. Gosh, in the final. Fi in the <laughs> final. It's, it's fine. This sentence made sense. If you didn't get it, I don't know what to yeah. tell you. Uh, <laughs> that's an Alina-ism. I just make up stuff. Like, oh, I oh. love that you have a name for Oh, it. yeah. And Alina is, I like that. I need something for Tangela-ism. Oh, wait. Tangela-isms. That there works? <laughs> Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh, that's so awesome. I love that. Um <laughs> stick around me for a while. I'll make up a lot of words. I'm just like, hmm, I'm not sure what word that is. There's a word that exists, but I can't think of it. So I'm just gonna combine these words. Man, I'm a, I'm the I'm the fan of the sound effects. Like if I don't know what the word is, there's some sort of a sound effect that I can oh. just insert oh, yeah. for whatever that feeling was supposed to be. <laughs> right. And then people are just like, What? Okay. That's Got you. Oh, yeah. We that talk in sound weird. effects in, on our team sometimes. I'm needing like a shh here, you know, just a riser. That's how we talk sometimes. Yeah, like, people. <laughs> yeah. It's just normal talking. I'm just like, <laughs> yes. Whatever that was supposed to be. Yes. <laughs> so it makes more sense with you. Me, it's just weird. <laughs> um, so that's really cool. Uh, okay, so um, according to your IMBD, because I did Google you. Oh, um, oh no. <laughs> oh, I did. <laughs> Which, there wasn't like a ton about you. Like your name was listed everywhere, but then there was nothing that followed it. <laughs> and I was like, that's useless. <laughs> uh, thanks, Google. <laughs> I don't do that social media thing. Like I have a Twitter, but I update it so seldomly. <laughs> like i don't know My that's social media <laughs> bad at it <laughs> i'm bad at it too but i have to do it for these things or else nobody's gonna know that it exists like those podcasts that i didn't know it existed <laughs> um but um, but according to it they said that you've done all three of those things uh sound uh designing the effects editor and uh sound mixing yes so out of all three of them which one is your favorite I guess, no, it's not listed. Foley artistry. <laughs> That's Foley not listed. <laughs> Foley artistry is my favorite thing to do. But all, all, out of all of those, I actually really like sound editing. Mm -hmm. um, I, I always like making things sound really natural. Like, honestly, it kind of, to me, goes with a little bit of Foley artistry to where you're just, you're making a scene sound, to me, very natural. You're in that space. You're, you know, you're not taking the audience out. Sound designing and I'm sound mixing is definitely not my forte. <laughs> I, I have done it. I am not that great at it to me. 
but and it's definitely not one of my favorite things. It's very technical for me. And um, sound designing, uh, I do it. I try to push myself out of my comfort zone because I don't do it a lot. But it's one of those things is I don't like working on one thing for a long time. And usually, like, with sound designing, you're working on this one thing. Mm. And I'm just like, all right, just want to move to the next thing. I just, you know, want to keep going. And that's why I'm just like, hmm, I don't know how, you know, good I would be at movies. (laughs) Or you have this hour, you know, two-hour project. And I'm just like, I'm working on like 11 minute episodes or 15 or 20 minute episodes. And you know, by the end of it, I'm just like, all right, next episode, I'm done, ready to go on. Yeah. TV is definitely or TV or episodic things are definitely what I like. And I like with sound editing, I guess, uh, being able to put the sounds together, making it sound natural, when you know, making it sound like you're in that environment. And yeah, just moving really fast through that. So I don't know if that makes any sense, but I hope it does. (laughs) I mean, I think it makes sense um, because I think there's, I think there's certain things about certain aspects of things that we do. Wow, things. I mean, I just got to say things in one sentence. Um, I think there's certain (laughs) aspects of different um, things that are similar, but not quite the same. And so there's certain aspects of it that you like more than others. So that makes sense. Um, Also, I, that's why I stopped pursuing being a studio engineer in terms of like recording music for bands and stuff is Mm -hmm. because I realized that I don't have the patience to sit. Oh yeah. I was like, I gotta move. I (laughs) need to move. I got it. Like after like 15 minutes of sitting still, I was like, Nope, Nope, Nope. My body (laughs) wants me to get up and walk across the room and back. And I got to go tinker with these things and then come back. And I was like, (laughs) as much as I loved being in the studio and I loved recording, Mm -hmm. I was like, my body physically was like, we can't sit here this long. Yeah. You need, we need you to move. Um, <laughs> and so, um, and that's I was just, of me. Like if I can get into that groove, then I yeah. am, I am there. Yeah. And that's why I like working from home. Um, cause we're working at home right now. Yeah. Thanks to, of course. You're so lucky. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have but, no jobs. <laughs> but it's just what it is. <laughs> but it's just one of those things to where if I can get into that working groove, then I am, I am there and I can sit there and be less like, all right, I'm going to do this for the next hour. Look down. Oh, it's it's been eight hours. Okay. <laughs> wow. And uh, it's just one of those things where, yeah, I, I just get into it and I can sit there and focus and just speed through everything. Especially like with us, we have a pretty tight turnaround time sometimes where it's just like you have two days to get this done. Mm-hmm. And it's like, all right, challenge accepted. <laughs> so. Okay. So um, you work for... Rooster Teeth, which is a media animation company, right? Is that technically yeah. what they're called? I did not <laughs> write that down. I should have. <laughs> so I was like, oh, fudge, what did it say on the internet? <laughs> media animation company. And you're part of the sound team. Mm-hmm. For um, for the I guess I should clarify. Rooster Teeth, there's a lot of things. They okay. do podcasts and live action and, and shorts and things like that. Uh, but I'm part of the animation department. Okay. So in which they make a lot of series like uh the most popular is ruby okay. uh spelled r-w-b-y um that's how, yeah. that's how that's spelled. sure okay <laughs> but it's okay. called ruby uh red versus blue is what got them started okay. and uh other shows like camp camp okay. uh yeah okay so mm-hmm. then within that you are in the sound team mm-hmm. for the animation department yes. specifically, specifically yes. okay cool so 
there are what, like four of you guys, five of you guys? There's four of us. There's yeah. four of you guys. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was trying to remember from when you guys were <laughs> at the place and I was like, there was like uh, people on the stage. Because <laughs> <laughs> that was so cold and I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, cool. And so um, how does that work then, like at work for you? Like what is a, like how do you go about, like is it is it like all of you guys work on all the different foliage for all the different episodes and some people are music oriented or so it depends on the show so all of our music is done by out-of-house composers so they'll get the episode and send us the music and sometimes uh you know we'll have notes or director will have notes and whatever and you know send them back and forth um as far as our department uh it kind of depends on the show and how big the show is so we have certain things like uh uh where shows are so short or uh, specific to somebody's forte, I guess, uh, that somebody can usually get through a show at once. Like, uh, So I would do all of the sound editing and designing for Camp Camp. Ever, all the episodes, it was usually just me that was doing that. And that was about 11 minutes to 12-minute episodes. Um, and I could do that all by myself. Um, we have like death battle and one of our other engineers like Philip or Andrew, they'll do those ones, um, and get through those pretty fast. Uh, and then, but we have, have other shows like Ruby or, uh, Jin Lock was a previous show too, or I guess it's continuing. Um, uh, either way we had like Jin Lock, uh, and, uh, all of us would have to work on these shows together. Okay. So we're all doing different things. Uh, or, well, we all kind of overlap, okay. right? Uh, so I'm always the one that's doing Foley. Okay. Uh, so I'll do that. And then I might come in and start doing like a hard sound effects pass, like with doors or vehicles or something like that. And then other people will be designing specific things. So like in Ruby, they have like a bunch of powers, um, specific to certain characters. So he'll go in and he'll design to it. And same with Philip, he'll do that as well. And, uh, Chris, Chris will as well. He'll do it. Like he usually creates monster stuff and we're all working together, like overlapping on all of these scenes. And then we all send it over to Philip and Philip will mix it. And yeah, so it really just depends on the show. Um, some, yeah, I guess short version, some are, you know, small enough that certain people can just do them by themselves and other shows are too big and everybody's working together to do it. But we'll all kind of divvy up the work and be like, oh, I want to work on that or um, just claim it as we go to where I got finished with this. So I'll start working on this now and things like that. Oh, cool. That's a very nice, like, little little system yeah. to be had. Because <laughs> uh, some people don't work that smoothly together. Maybe <laughs> like, oh, that did not work out right. <laughs> mm. um, okay, so with um, with the Foley versus, like, um, doing the effects and stuff like that, so do you have, like, a library, or are you always constantly going out and, like, recording all of your own stuff to use? Or, like, how does that work for you specifically? So a lot of it, some of it depends on how much time we have. Like, uh, we do have, like, some of our in-house recordings. My cat is in our library. <laughs> I use her whenever I can. <laughs> but uh, we, like, as far as the Foley artistry is, um, a lot of the stuff is my own. I'll, I'll bring in whatever. I'll make a list. I'll spot the uh, show. And... I'll make my list over, these are all the items that I have here mm-hmm. at the studio, and these are all the items that I need to go find. Mm-hmm. So, or walk around the studio and just be like, hmm, that figurine, can I borrow it off your desk? <laughs> and usually we're like, uh, okay. <laughs> or, 
I was like, I promise I'll bring it back. Um, it I don't will know. Not be harmed. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how many times I've brought in my tea set. I have a, a Japanese tea set at home. It's display. The amount of times I've had to bring it in for some sort of tea set scene. <laughs> really? Yeah, I'm always just like so careful with it. But it helps. Delicate. Wait, is it like one of those uh, clay ones? Sorry, side note. Uh, is it like one of those ones where you have to keep pouring the water on it and the more you use it and the tea seeps into it, the no, better it is? It's it's a it's a, like a ceramic one. Oh, okay. Um, it's it's from the 50s, I think, when That's I looked really into cool it. really cool Yeah. But have you seen those side notes? I have seen those. Because those the ones are that you're talking so about. cool. But yeah, no, those aren't oh mine. My <laughs> I was about to be like, where did you get them? Because. I've had the hardest time finding them, and I want one in my no. life. <laughs> I, I wish. No. My mind's just like a little, I, I think it was like a touristy tea set, but it was oh, okay. from the 50s, so I was just like, oh, it's cool. I so like it's it. vintage. Yeah. It's so now you have a cool little time. I was like, no, this is my vintage tea set. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so anytime you hear the tea set, it's that tea set. <laughs> Cool. Um, anyway, so you're saying, <laughs> but yeah, so I'll bring in all of this stuff. I've I've bugged my parents for things, and yeah, no, the amount of times I've bugged people for things, or been into the kitchen trying to find things in there, and I think I've had just about everybody in the studio be just like, D- "Do you need help finding something? What are you doing?" I'm just like, I swear, I'm just trying to find a, a wooden spoon for the scene. <laughs> so. It's so cool. Uh, but yeah, uh, but we do record on occasion, like, uh, especially for like sound designing stuff. Sometimes like, uh, for instance, uh, Andrew had recorded his blowtorch mm-hmm. and he used that for one of the characters in Ruby and just amped that up with other things mm-hmm. or, you know, um, one of the things, uh, dry ice on metal is a big thing that we'll use on occasion. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's just a mixture. Okay, wait, so you just triggered something in my head, and I feel oh, like I want to clarify <laughs> what you said. Um, okay, yeah. so before when you were explaining the difference between um, sound designing, the effects, and all that stuff, mm-hmm. versus Foley, yeah. you said that the effects is like going in and choosing stuff out of a library and using it? Yeah. And then sound designing is... Not that. So sound designing is, I guess you could say, a mixture. It depends on, I guess it depends. Like, uh, you can take things from the library, tweak them a lot. Like, uh, with anime sound effects, we've been experimenting a lot with. Like, uh, the very Japanese like Japanese synth stuff that you hear in animes. Um, they'll, like... Like, what did we... Uh, what, did, what was it? It's, um... We can run, like, sound effects that we have in the library, like a door opening or something like that, through these synths. Mm-hmm. Um, that'll just, like, really <laughs> make the sound really trippy. Yeah. And make it really uh, just super synthy or sparkly or, you know, yeah. whatever. And uh, it's, it's like, thrown through Serum or uh, it's plugins. Uh, Serum's a plugin or Massive. And it's done with frequency shifters, um, some pitching sometimes, and some reverb on it. And just taking these sounds and you're designing them, you're just creating them to something completely different than what they were. Got you. Okay. And so where does Foley fall in that then? Because you were talking about how you go out and you record these different things, but then you're saying sound designing is taking it and transforming whatever it is that you've recorded to fit something different, but then affects... Is different because then you're going in and taking them from a library. Foley would be like you're recording, um, you are physically recording the action that's going on. 
So if there's somebody on screen that will, for instance, the tea set, they pick up the teacup or maybe pour something into the teacup. I'm physically doing that in the booth and recording to the video versus an editor who would take a teacup pour sound and maybe take a glass fill sound and then kind of edit them together to make the sound fit where the Foley artist is doing that to picture. So it would sound, it would probably sound different from, from the editing. Got you. Okay. 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 I was like, wait, I feel like I missed why these <laughs> yeah. things were but different. But we do, we do record fully stuff yeah. to edit in later. Okay. Like sometimes, cause sometimes we just don't have time to do a fully pass. Mm-hmm. Cause it's, I mean, it is time consuming. Um, you, it sounds natural, but sometimes it's just, you don't have, we, you know, we have a day to get something done and it's, uh, I'm not saying this is, happens all the time, but yeah. sometimes you just have a tight deadline. And so you're just like, okay, well, I recorded hand pats a while ago. So I'm just going to take the hand pats that I had recorded and then edit them in where they need to be gotcha. versus doing it uh, to the performance, to that video. So. That's cool. That's actually, that was a really great way of explaining that. <laughs> Thank you. Because I was like, no, I missed it. And I know I should have gotten it, but it just floated right past my mind. <laughs> no worries. So that's... Nick, you know, I I never really put much thought into like TV and stuff. And then I meet people who do stuff like that. I'm like, man, I was so dumb. <laughs> like, I don't know what I was thinking. It's just a lot of things people don't think about. <laughs> They're just like, well, isn't the sound already there? Oh, I don't know how many times I've I've gotten just, oh, I work in sound. Oh, why? Why? What do you do? Don't they already have it in there? And it's just like, no, no. Somebody's making that sound natural that you yeah. think it's there. Yeah. It's like most things don't sound that way. An explosion doesn't sound that big. Or, you know. No, it doesn't. People are like, this is going to like collapse the house. Yeah. And you're like, that that doesn't actually yeah. exist in our life. Like that. So, you know. Um, that's <laughs> not a thing. Right. <laughs> or rain, rain sounds like white noise. You know, sometimes you have to add a little bacon sizzle to make it sound like rain (laughs) well that's another the crazy thing like when you think about like wind or like air movement people are like it just sounds like and it's like but that's not actually (laughs) how it sounds sounds. you know that right like (laughs) which is really cool um but i think it's really interesting that you you're like in the business of like adding sound and i'm like in the business of taking crappy sounds away (laughs) and you're like that's not good don't do that that's bad don't do that like (laughs) And you're like, no, we're going to add these things. And I'm like, no, don't do that. <laughs> Dad, don't do that. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> um, that's really cool. <laughs> no, I don't know if people would put it that way, but hey, whatever. It's all right. It sounds good. For, for mixing, we call it the, the uh, Philip plugin, where he's just like, yeah, I'm just muting all of this. I don't need it. <laughs> Nobody needs any no of that. Yeah. <laughs> that. That's not necessary. <laughs> they think it is, but yeah. it's not. It's like, <laughs> no, we don't need this here. It's, it's like, okay. It's like for me when people are like, yeah, man, we really need to turn up the bass. And you're like, but you don't. No. Because no. <laughs> you really, really, like, it doesn't, yeah. but it doesn't, though. <laughs> and so they're like, no, man, we really got to feel it. And I'm like, I promise you, we feel it. Yeah. <laughs> We're feeling it. You might not be. We are. Okay. We're good. <laughs> um <laughs> take it away. Just take it away. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so funny. Um I, I like that though. You're 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 like the first person that I've interviewed. Actually the yeah, because 
the other girl that I interviewed, um, she was in broadcasting. And broadcasting is an interesting beast oh, yeah. because, like, they hear nothing if you drop the ball. <laughs> There's nothing. It's just silence. Dead um, Like, nobody's going to, like, it doesn't feel natural if you don't have everything or yeah. if you haven't mixed it properly. Oh, yeah. But um, I think you're the first person who's, like, but she was, like, in live broadcasting. So it was a little different oh, God than, bless like, her. Okay. Too yeah. much pressure. I, <laughs> I, I get that way on location sound where yeah. I always get paranoid. Oh my God, am I actually recording? You know, are they actually going to hear what I did? I hear it in my headphones, but I don't believe it. I don't know if it's real or not. Yeah, I don't know if it's real or not. They're, they're just going to get it. just going to bleh. <laughs> but I did it. Yeah. That was the point, though. We did it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I have thoughts, man. You keep sending me. And I'm like, I got to rein me in now. Like, me has to be, like, in charge of the thoughts and, like, the conversation here. But me is like, nah, fam, let's just keep talking about these other things that have nothing to do with nothing. Um, But, uh, um, okay, so in terms of, like, you, um, so you said um, that you went to college. Yes. And then you did an internship, yes. which then turned into a job. Mm-hmm. So how did you end up here then? Because, I mean, you were there and you just outgrew the job and then you came here to yeah. do the Rooster Teeth well, gig? So I was a freelancer okay. for um, for a bit. After that internship, I freelanced for Dallas Audi Post, but I also freelanced for other places as oh, well. Okay. Um, and that after that, I actually worked at a, a educational game company called iStation. Okay. Um, so I just, I did all the sound effects for their game stuff. Um, and when I was working there, yeah, there was just a point to where I kind of plateaued and I thought, okay, I I think I'm, I did all that I can here. So I would like to, you know, move on. And I started freelancing again, um, you know, doing short films, uh, doing overflow work for other, uh, VO studios and things like that. And then I've always loved animation. Uh, it's always just been like, I swear I watch more animated things than I don't remember the last live action thing. No, I did. It was good omens. That was the life last live action thing that I watched. Wait, isn't that on Amazon prime? It is. Okay. 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 <laughs> but, uh, and before that, I can't tell you what I watched, but I, I mostly watch animation. So it's always, always a love. I saw the job post and I was just like, I have to get it. <laughs> This will be my future. <laughs> hey, if you so. speak it, therefore it shall be. Oh, right? yeah. That's what people say. I don't know if it's a thing, but I, I feel like it can't hurt. <laughs> but but yeah, I, I you know I I was just like, all right, sound design and animation, let's try it, and yeah, yeah that's what brought me here. I have a question, and maybe I don't know how I don't know like mm, sentence words. We're gonna try that again. Okay, I don't know if you can really describe this or not, but I I wonder with this. For me, because like when I put my resume together, right, and I'm always like, oh, resume things. First off, I suck at resumes. Okay. Like, don't ever ask me how to help you with your resume. Mine is is only good because somebody else helped me. They, they suck. <laughs> resumes Building are awful. Resumes and reels. I'm just like every whenever I update my resume or update. I actually just recently updated my reel. I was just like, oh man, this sucks. <laughs> this is novel. I, I hate doing this. <laughs> Why are we doing this? Um, so how? Okay, so when you're first starting out though, mm-hmm. and you had to put together the resume, cover letter, all that kind of crap. Um, how did you 
Did you ever feel like you were qualified for the jobs that you were applying for? Or did you ever feel underqualified and you were like, I have to do it anyways and see what sticks? Most of the time. And I, I mean, honestly, it's it's weird because I have seven. I've been in the business for about uh, seven, uh, seven years going on eight years. Actually, no, I, that's a lie. It's been eight years. Uh, yeah, no, it's March. It's been eight years. Um, it's one of the things to where I'll still look at something and still kind of feel, well, I'm underqualified. You know, this is, it, you know, I can't do exactly what it says, but uh, it's, it's weird. There's actually studies to where it's just like women will often think they're underqualified for a position versus men who are just like, oh, yeah, they they think that they're completely qualified. Yeah. And like to where if, Men think that there's um, they hit sixty percent of what is needed, mm-hmm. then they're qualified and you know are just like great. And then women will think, oh, if I don't hit a hundred percent, then I'm not qualified for this. And you know, it's just not true. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I've definitely learned being uh, on the side of looking at reels and resumes, I don't do it a lot. I, I used to help, but then we got a bigger team, and now the lead mostly does that. But um, when he would send me the resumes and stuff to look over. Um, to be just like, okay, here's my picks. What do you think? Uh, it's definitely one of those. You, I would say when you're looking for jobs, think of that responsibilities or what's needed to be done as a wish list. Like this is what they really want, but they might not necessarily expect you to have every single quality. Because I guess to explain, um, it's one of those you need to go ahead and submit your resume and your real anyways mm-hmm. um i mean obviously if there are certain things where they're asking for like a senior and they want they do want 10 years experience and you're just like all right i just got out of my internship yeah you're probably not you know. yeah, that one. But, but you know when they're just like oh i want three years experience with you know all of these things mm-hmm. <laughs> nothing's coming to mind but you know it they i don't know you can use plugins or right. you, know, uh, you can use excel spreadsheets and yeah. windows um can you record stuff yeah. with the microphone <laughs> they might not necessarily expect you to have all of those skills it's just their wish list of this is what we're looking for but if you fit some of these things we can work with that in fact one of the things that struck me was on my internship because when I applied for it, you know, they wanted editing in Pro Tools and you must have, you know, done these film projects and things like that. When I had got there, uh, one of the engineers came to me and he goes, okay, so how much do you actually know about Pro Tools? And I was just like, um, I know how to edit. And he was like, okay, that's good enough. We're, he's just like, okay, we know what we need to teach you. Yeah. You know, it wasn't so much of there just like, you don't, I didn't need to be an expert. Yeah. Um, and, uh. For, yeah, like I said, some of these jobs is just like, really kind of think about that 60% or 50%. If you hit 50% or 60% of what they need, then you are qualified for the job. Mm. And you might not feel that way because, like I said, I still like don't feel that way sometimes mm-hmm. where I'm just like, I know I've done this and this and this, but this one little point right here, yeah. I don't have experience in that. So obviously I'm not qualified, but, you know, you can learn. Yeah. And they can teach you. Yeah. Um. So, and... Being rejected also, it doesn't necessarily mean you were wrong for it. It might just mean they were looking for, maybe you weren't that particular fit for that particular job. It's not like a, it's not a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A mark against you? Yeah, it's not a mark against you. It's not uh, a dig against your skills or saying that, oh, you, you're you unskillful in this. It's just being like, well, maybe 
they are leaning towards more of a mixer and you have more of a sound design resume or or maybe they're looking more for a sound editor and not necessarily a composer. Boy, do we get a lot of composers. Yeah. <laughs> this is a sound design job. We have a point. This is not a composer position and we'll yeah. still get, here's all my music. And you're <laughs> like, like, nobody asked yeah. you for any of Sorry. that. <laughs> <laughs> there was that big point in bold that said, not a composer position. <laughs> So obviously take those into point. Yeah. Um, if That's they say we do points. not want yeah. this, maybe you yeah, shouldn't maybe do you that. Should. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, because I I I've been especially now with um with this whole situation going on with the coronavirus and everything like that. Oh, yeah, a lot of hiring it's, has pretty much stopped. Yeah, and yeah. so um, but I was looking at jobs because now that I have all of this free time, <laughs> I'm like, whatever will I do with myself? Oh, no. uh, oh my God. I'm not going to lie. I eat cabin fever so badly and it's only been like four days. I'm like, oh, yeah, what am I doing? No, no, I'm the opposite. <laughs> Everybody's freaking out about work. And I'm just like, this is paradise. I love this. I never have to leave my house. I don't have to leave. I don't have to talk to people. I want to leave. I want to talk to the people. I need the humans, okay? I need you to come in small numbers, okay? Like, no more than five. <laughs> because we want to, you know, minimize. But, um, yeah, no, it was really funny because, like, up until recently, like, before he even came over, I was just like... <laughs> <laughs> calling my mom every day <laughs> mom <laughs> i talk to her more i mean don't talk get me wrong i talk to my mom a lot but i talk to her so much more like we have like these three hour four hour conversations now because i'm like i got nothing else better to do <laughs> and i call my aunt and she's on she's on she's a teacher and they're not going back to school and so i'm like let's talk for four hours <laughs> like let's have all the conversations and i'm like they're like what are you doing i don't know i'm so bored by myself um people are like read a book and i'm like i've read the books and i and i read a a lot i read a lot i'm an activities person but it's yeah. just something about people i'm like right. i'm a huge huge people person yeah i am an extrovert who sometimes has introvert tendencies <laughs> that that is that is who i am yeah. i've embraced it and i love it but sweet jesus this is driving me insane because we're not supposed to leave the house we're not supposed to go out to bars not, i mean i'm not really even a bar person i just want to leave the house i just want to go like i was like i can't go to the library i was so sad that i couldn't go to the library and i know that sounds weird but i really was I mean, genuinely was do. sad. Yeah. I was like, I want to, but I want to go to the library. I can't go to coffee shops. I can't just go sit there and people watch no more. I'm like, oh, all right. I'm just supposed to be South by, I was supposed to be having all the things. Oh, oh yeah. There's no things. Oh, that was crazy that that got canceled. I wasn't expecting that. No? Oh. Man. Well, like, I guess I should say, I was like, it should have happened. I'm glad it happened. But it's one of those things I was just like, I wasn't really expecting Austin to immediately be just like, it's a canceled. It was like, damn, that's pretty well, serious. Part of it was also that a lot of people just kept dropping out. Oh, a lot yeah. of people were like, no thing. No thanks. We're mm -hmm. not doing it. We're not getting on no planes. We ain't yeah. doing nothing. There will be no planes, no trains, no cars. No, we're, we're staying at the house. Um, it was a lot of people like that. Um, I was more bummed just because like, I mean, like, I get it. Yeah. I understand it. I'm not mad at it. Yeah. But it did make a lot of of a specific group of people, mm -hmm. unfortunately, displaced right. um, financially. Yeah. And so when a lot of people are, like, servers or, you know, um, they work in bars, so they're bartenders or wait staff oh, yeah. or your sound engineering and your live sound or oh, yeah. your stage manager – 
you don't have anything now. Yeah. Like All there's sudden, just nothing. Yeah, it's and so, and it's not even just like a, Oh, this one thing was canceled. All things are canceled. Yeah. So if all things are canceled, you now have no job. Yeah. And that's not, you weren't fired, you weren't laid off, you weren't anything. You're mm-hmm. just you're in just limbo. Out. Yeah. And so it's it's one of those things where I feel bad for that reason and that yeah. reason alone um, for a lot of people, which is why I kind of hoped mm-hmm. that we could get through South By because a lot of people, that's where they make the bulk of their money oh, yeah. for, um, for the year in oh, some yeah. cases. And for some people, it's how they get through summer because- Sound in Texas in the summer is kind of a dead zone. A solid three months of nothing because it's too hot. Right. (laughs) People be like, we're not doing anything. Yeah. Lice. (laughs) Don't ask us. It's (laughs) true. So you have a lot of that. And so that's how, so it was just, it was, I think that um, a lot of people don't realize that. Mm -hmm. And so I think that was like the hard thing for me is that I knew how hard people were going to instantly be impacted because now you are trying to make up for something that you would have had to be prepared for something like this to happen. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, it makes sense to me. Because I was like, yeah. But anyways. Anyways, we were talking about something else and I forgot. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Where were we? We were talking about designing. Playback. Playback. Uh, gosh, no, that's <laughs> not worth it. Oh well. <laughs> um. Oh, resumes and stuff. Oh yeah, that's resume. what we were talking resume. about. Oh yeah, yeah. They they suck. They that's suck. why we got off the top. That's why because we were suck. like nobody likes them. <laughs> but I, what I, one thing I do want to do though is try to give people advice on stuff like that because I know at least for me, um, that was something that I struggled with. Like I remember trying to find people who could give me advice on how to make that work yeah especially with writing them because at the risk of sounding rude yeah it's just a piece of paper and that piece of paper is somehow supposed to describe your whole essence yeah it's supposed to be your personality it's supposed to be your skills it's supposed to be all of these things and i'm just like yeah, I haven't figured it out. So don't feel bad if you haven't. That's I guess that's really the message here is like if you haven't figured it out, it's okay. Yeah, it takes time. I, I mean, even to this day, I will still like reformat how my resume looks. Yeah. Like, and I'm not you know even submitting anything. It's just I'll look at it, and be just like, you know what? I don't like how this looks, and I'll I'll reformat it again. Um, but I guess hmm. My advice with resumes is you want to cater it to the job. Like you don't want to send out, because we, we get this all the time. You don't want to send out the same resume to every single job. Mm. Usually, if you think of the points that they have, usually they'll put the points kind of in order of importance. Mm-hmm. So if they're looking for a sound designer, um, they'll have that first. Someone who can design sound from blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, that Microsoft, you know, Microsoft <laughs> Word is at the very bottom. So, so you don't want that first in your resume of I can do Microsoft Word in Windows. You know? Yeah. You don't necessarily want to, you know, put that first if that's the very first point. So I would say every time that you're applying for a job, look at the order of which they ask for things and then kind of cater your resume to that. Mm. So if, like I said, they want a sound designer first, then put did sound design for such and such. Mm. Uh, usually I have everything in chronological order um, to where, you know, of course, latest job first and then from there. But it's also, you don't want your resume to be like two pages max, but most people are like, oh, I only want one page. Uh, to me, 
it always just depends. Like how I used to format my resume when, well, one, because it was when I freelanced a lot. Mm-hmm. I had all of my skills and experience on the first page. And then on the second page, I put basically a bunch of selected productions that I had worked on and why I had selected them. Like, for instance, maybe one, I had one, um, a sound design, uh, thing, a sound design award, uh, at this, whatever festival or, you know, things that kind of showed off why I was doing this and what I did on that specific production. And mm-hmm. when I say what I did, I mean like everything that I did. So if I did the Foley and the editing and the location sound and the ADR, you know, I would put everything down on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not necessarily saying that's like how you should do it all, mm-hmm. but that's how I had did it at first because I didn't have too much like, I guess consistent, like I didn't like consistently work at this studio or whatever to, mm-hmm. you know, put to, I guess in, in good conscience put on, that I worked at this studio, mm-hmm. but I could say that I worked on this film at this studio or something like that. Mm. Uh, and then, but like I said, uh, the most important thing is catering your resume to each job. Don't just submit a resume. And sometimes it's just a little as moving your bu- uh, bullet points around. Because, mm. um, yeah, you just, <laughs> you want to make sure that you're showing off what they want to see, I guess. Yeah. But really, honestly, one of the biggest things um is your real like i know where we work we look at the resume second mm. um a lot of times the resume is just getting past hr depending mm. on the studio <laughs> yeah so that's why i'm saying cater it to what they want cuz hr might not necessarily know they're just looking for those keywords comparing yeah. oh well they said they wanted sound designer and i don't see a sound designer in in here or they said Pro Tools and this person didn't put that they have skills in Pro Tools or something like that. So eh, we'll, we'll get rid of it. But you're kind of just getting past HR once um, for that resume. And usually when it gets to the team, and this isn't necessarily for every studio. This is kind of just how our studio works is we'll look at the reel first. And if we like your reel, then we'll look at your resume and see what it says um, and see basically how does it compare to what we want or uh also how does it compare to the real yeah <laughs> make sure that okay did you actually work on this because sometimes you'll get people that are just like yeah one of the biggest things don't submit work that isn't yours please please don't do that <laughs> the, the oh, sound world is small you know they they know that you didn't really work on Gearbox, you know, <laughs> Borderlands 3. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, huh, he doesn't say that you worked on Gearbox, but and you didn't put redesign in your reel. And, you know, we actually know this, you know, maybe somebody knows the sound designers that worked on that. Yeah. So, so please, know. yeah, please don't submit work that isn't yours. But redesigning is okay. Yeah. Like, for real, just be sure to put on the reel that you redesigned whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, that's perfectly fine. That's perfectly valid because sometimes you just don't have or maybe what you have is not something you necessarily want to show off. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's perfectly fine to take maybe a video game trailer or a movie trailer or something that you really liked and just redesign the sound to it. Yeah. Just like I said, be sure to label it. Just label that. Do not lie. <laughs> the equivalency yeah. of that is people in live sound being like, oh, I worked on this board. And you're like, 
you touched it once. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if that counts as working on it. Um, I don't know if you are familiar enough with it after one experience. Um, So don't do that. (laughs) Don't list boards that you've only touched like once and you're like, no. Because then the second you get in front of it, you're like, where's the stuff? The second you're like, where's the stuff? Yeah, well, that's actually... (laughs) I'll say another thing that uh, we do, and I know other studios do, is they'll actually do a sound test. Mm. So if they get past your reel and get past your resume, and also a cover letter. If it says write a cover letter, it's best to write a cover letter. Sometimes they read it, sometimes they don't. Um, Because sometimes it's just a, did you put in the extra effort to do this? Mm. Or uh, so it might just be a way for them to be just like, well, they didn't write this cover letter and we specifically asked for it. So you're not... You're not following directions. Um, And other times it's just to get a sense of your personality. Like uh, I know our lead, uh, Chris Kokinos, he really likes to read cover letters just because he's like, I can get a sense of what the person, how the person is Mm -hmm. and how they talk. And, you know, it's just a nice little thing to make sure that, well, our personalities match or or, or mesh Mm -hmm. and things like that. But, uh, you know, it just depends. But, you know, if it asks for a cover letter, it's probably best to write a cover letter. Do people, like, not do that sometimes? Like, they'll just submit it and it's like... Oh, yeah, they'll submit it. Um, And some... And... I don't remember, but I don't think we ever really... If they didn't submit a cover letter... And we were between resumes and this person did it and this person didn't. We usually went with or we usually interviewed the person that did. Mm. Because like I said, they follow direction. Yeah. So, well, they can maybe t- or they probably can take direction well. Um, that makes sense. But, uh, but yeah. So one of the things that we also do is a sound test mm. to where actually we'll take a clip of probably something that we did. Uh, in the past, something that we've watermarked, send it to them and ask them, can you design or edit to this section? Mm. And they'll send it back because sometimes that's, well, it's telling of who or what they actually did in the reel. Cause sometimes they'll have a really good reel, mm-hmm. but then whatever they sent, did on the sound test, isn't that great? Yeah. So, you know, you can also weed out, okay, did that person actually do this? Are they, is their experience actually at the level that they say that it's at? And yeah, that's just another way to figure out, okay, how, how good are your skills and things like that? That's a nice little system. Yeah. I feel like there's not necessarily a whole lot of that in audio, like live audio. That's what I should say. Okay. Live <laughs> audio. I'm like, audio, I'm like, that's not specific it all, at all. Yeah, it all depends because, <laughs> um... It, yeah, it just depends. Because yeah. sometimes they'll do a sound test, sometimes they won't. Yeah. Sometimes they'll ask for a reel, and sometimes they don't. I've gotten jobs where they didn't ask for my reel. And I was actually very surprised on that. Right. Not that I was going to complain, because I'm just like, the, I'm, just like mm, I'm not sure about my reel anyways. But It's fine. The reel may, yeah. may not have given me what I wanted. No how. Right. But, you know, it that's just cool. depends. Uh, every studio works differently. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, but that's, that's a lot of really useful information um especially for people who may or may not be thinking about doing it or who do or don't want to do it or people who are like i'm struggling but i don't understand why i'm struggling it's like there's a lesson in all of the details my friends you know yeah and it sucks especially for sound stuff because there's just there's not a lot of helpful stuff out there like i think i found one sound design real advice post on a blog or something like that, that was like from 10 years ago. Oh, wow. Uh, when I was like first making my reel. Yeah. Um, I, I guess another advice that I give is, or I would say is get as many people to watch it as possible to critique it. 
Um, and they don't necessarily have to be somebody in sound. Uh, I actually like to get people like, I'll, of course I'll have my audio friends look at it for me, but I like to get people that don't really work in audio just to kind of point out stuff that is obvious, but you know, you kind of looked over it. Yeah. Um, especially like for me, I like to make sure that every clip in my reel is showing off something different. Mm. Um, and so when I have a friend look at it and they, and you know, I tell them be as critical as possible, you know, I'm not, I'm not looking for assurance here. I, I you know, I want to know if there's anything wrong with this. And they might point out, well, that clip was a little louder than that other clip. Or I didn't really understand why this particular clip was in there. And in fact, in my previous reel, uh, there was like uh, a slow-mo part that I'm just like, oh, yeah, let me put in, in this slow-mo clip that I did. Yeah. And when I had one of my friends look at it, she was just like, yeah, I don't understand why that was there. I was like, oh, well, because it was designing a slow-mo. But you also had a slow-mo part and another part. And I was just like, oh, God, you're right. <laughs> so I was just like, I went ahead and cut it because it was just like, you know what? You're right. It doesn't really need to be there. I kind of made that point later. And it's really not adding anything yeah. more to it. So I was like, okay, you know what? Thanks for saying something. I'll I'll take it out. And this is why it pays to have good friends. Yeah. <laughs> because they'll tell you things like, right. you are stupid don't yeah. do that <laughs> hopefully they won't say it like that right. <laughs> but the, the the message of it's the same <laughs> don't do that <laughs> i have way too many friends who tell me stuff like that they're like why did you do that i was like i don't know it felt good and they were like don't do that that, that didn't do anything for you don't yep. do that um, but i thank them in the end for it so it's always it's always in my experience it's always been really worth it to have people who are who make make a good community for you. Yeah. That's the end of the sentence that I was trying to say. I was like, where is it going? So I'm not going to lie. You actually answered all the questions that I had. Oh, cool. Um, so now I got nothing. Uh, but we have to keep talking. Yeah. Because <laughs> we haven't quite reached the time limit yet. <laughs> so, um, all right, let's see. Uh, this, I can think of stuff. Um, while I'm thinking of stuff, do you want water or anything right quick? So, okay, so um, what I was going to, I thought of to ask was, um, so, like, um, in terms of, like, reference material yeah. for, like, learning more about animation audio and in and, and its totality, not just necessarily in one specific area, or maybe it is in a specific area, do you have, like, books or, like, reference material that people could, like, look up or, like, or that you use that helped you that was, like, useful? So, hmm. So what I actually do is uh, most of the time when I'm working with somebody, they'll be just like, I want, they'll, they'll tell me what they referenced for it um, and, or the genre or something like that. And then I actually, I reference, I, I guess let's put it this way. I will sit down and get something in that genre and study the sound design to it. I, I guess like for instance, uh one of the shows that we used to do, uh Ruby Ruby Chibi, it was a very cartoony. Super cartoony. But it wasn't cartoony in the sense of modern cartoons. It was very cartoony in the sense of it a nineties. Like they wanted a nineties sound to it. Kind of, well I guess on the cusp of nineties and the uh and the two thousands. Okay. Um so I would go and I would study how does 
that sound what does that sound like mm-hmm. for specific cartoons especially for how cartoony it was but i wouldn't just stick to that i'd also stick to really other cartoons <laughs> honestly like uh my little pony was one that i actually would sit down and just pay attention to the sound design and every little thing that they did or uh ed, ed and eddie is another one of them combining like the music but also just the sounds that they put on there like the sounds weren't random sounds the sounds were put in there for a reason mm-hmm. and it was a very edinetic is actually super dense and i really love the sound design in really it. um but uh you know everything's for a, a reason that they have this like chicken sound or this donkey roar or uh and something you know everything had a reason right and uh uh, there's other things like if if I want something uncomfortable, if I want to figure out how do I make a cartoony uncomfortable, I'll go reference like Invader Zim. Uh, <laughs> they they have there's so many things that they put in there that it's just kind of it makes you feel icky. Like in fact, there was a scene where on one episode the Zim went on a bus, and it just had like a drone in it and fly sounds. Cause like he was uncomfortable on the bus and it was just trying to make it feel like really squicky and gross. And they really did that with the sound design. And let's see what else. Um, yeah, I guess that's just it. Like, and you don't want to like copy references. Like, like you, you still want to carve out your own sound, but it's not a bad thing to look at, like to look at shows or something like that to see and, and study, like don't watch it. Just really study what do they do for you know what are they why are they putting a sound here or maybe something you didn't like realize that they put a sound here for um i guess back to ed ed and eddie i I, it was one of those things that you didn't really notice but your brain did type of things okay where uh one of the characters jimmy he was a very he was not the manliest character i guess you could say (laughs) And whenever he would, like, flail his arms, they had, like, this, like, whiffle sound that went to it that yeah. was, like, very – it wasn't a whoosh. It was very whiffly and – Like a whiffle ball? <laughs> yeah, kind of. I'm not exactly sure what it was, but it was very airy. Yeah. So it was definitely not, I guess you could say, the most masculine sound, which added, you know, to his little character yeah. in that moment. Or if they got really angry, they might have, like, the little donkey burr or – uh or a horse snort or something like that when they were mad. Or it might have just followed an action that they did. For instance, one time, plot reasons, the character took all these sponges and threw them in the air and told them to be free. It's just the character. If you don't know Ed and Eddie, you might not know why. But either way, it was a character, but they had a bunch of geese sound to the sponges flying in the air. It was just, you know, it was one of those things where everything fit. Everything was for a reason. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, it's... I don't know. That's what I do. <laughs> or I'll study. Uh, I mean, not just that. I mean, I guess cartoons are one of my fortes, I guess. It's one of the things that I usually do a lot. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but it's just like, it's even for like, one of the things that I like to look at is video game cinematics. Because yeah. they'll go into detail on those. Like, it's crazy what they do on those. Uh, one of my specific favorites is The Witcher 2. Uh, cinematic. I forget what the game is. I, I, I've played Witcher 3. I haven't played 2. But the cinematic is amazing. 
But, you know, just the amount of detail that they would put into that, like, where did they put the foley? What, you know, how about clothes? What did they do for clothes, uh, clothing stuff? Did they put it everywhere or did, you know, they bring it down in certain places? How did they do the designing spot when it went slow-mo? And where do things come in and where do things come out? Like, if you start to really pay attention to sound design and, and a lot of things, you'll realize just how how much is there and how much isn't there. One of the big things, because... Um, I guess for us, sometimes we'll get like uh, directors that are just like, I want to hear this and this and this and this. But when you put all of that in, it just becomes a wall, right? It's just like you can't hear anything. So you learn like where to pull it up and where to pull it down and where to, you know, go aggressive with something and maybe lighter with something else, which will give them their feel of what they want, but not necessarily become this wall. Like, uh, especially like a something that's constant, like a storm scene. You might have, if you really pay attention, you'll notice where the storm will come up and then where it'll fade to where sometimes you might not even actually hear the sound going on. But because you heard it that first time, your brain's just like, oh yeah, it's there. And then it doesn't realize when it faded out or Mm. something like that. Uh, because that's one of our biggest like hurdles is is directors want to hear everything and it's just like but that's not necessary. Yeah. <laughs> that's really cool. I man, you make me want to go like watch something and be like all critical and be like, "Hmm, what is it that I hear?" I don't know. But yeah, I think I think off the top of my head, I think the only thing I can think of that's like that was when I was watching um it was a rain scene for something I was watching. And that was one of the things that happened. And I remember being like, it's there, but it's not. Yeah. <laughs> because, like, the dialogue's on top, and that's what's more important. Because right. then when, cause then I was listening to, um, oh, yeah, I wish I could have referenced this and, like, not sound ambiguous. But there was something else that I was watching, and the rain was on top of the dialogue. Mm-hmm. And you just couldn't hear that. Oh, yeah. Because you were like, well, what are they saying? Yeah. Yeah, and that's definitely, like, the mixer's job is they're yeah. deciding what is important in this scene. Because sometimes the dialogue might not necessarily be important. Maybe it's wallow or maybe it's just the character turning away from something. So you don't necessarily need to hear what they're saying. Yeah. But, you know, the mixer is the one that are saying, okay, this sound is important for this scene. Or this really needs to cut through. And they're the ones that are, like, really carving out exactly what needs to come out, what needs to come down. And I, I really admire that with mixing. I just, I just, I'm just that's just not me. That's not what I'm doing. <laughs> can't do it. You know something that I do find a little confusing? Mm-hmm. Something that I found confusing, that's what I was, that's yeah. what I was saying, is they're the titles of things, mm-hmm. right? Because people will be like, oh, yeah, we want a sound designer for this, right? But then what they're talking about is not the same sound designing. Yeah. Um, so, like... Sound designing for film is different than like sound designing for uh, like let's say a theater show, a theater mm-hmm. production. Oh yeah, and so but they're the names are the same, right? And you're like, so what's the difference? <laughs> and so I don't know. I I think it's it's important to note that there are differences between yeah. the film and theater world and and all these other different things. Yeah, no, there's big differences and and like uh, a mixer for. Uh, film versus a mixer for live sound or something like that but i can't speak too much on that i'm mostly in the film side so i know like those specifics but if you get me into like those other ones i'm just like here's the small amount of knowledge i have on that (laughs) no i was just thinking about that because i actually did an internship with a guy named robin Mm -hmm. and he was a sound designer for the texas ballet theater 
um, in DFW. Mm-hmm. And when for my internship with him, he was explaining to me how they go about doing sound design for theater. So up there, they don't use orchestras. Oh, Because um, it's too expensive to pay for the orchestra. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> because that's a lot of people yeah. and a lot of union yeah. stuff that you have to deal with. Makes sense. Um, and so... It, it was really interesting because it, it's so similar to what you're talking about, but like not because what he was doing was like, he would take, like they would take these different um, pieces from different orchestras or, or just different things and sounds or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they'd like mix them and mm. slice them all up and yeah. do all this tomfoolery stuff <laughs> to make a non-copyrighted version that they could then turn around and use. Oh, yeah, yeah. They'd, like, and, just get samples. And, yeah. yeah. And, like, you always, and then, like, you play a piece over it and yeah. da, da 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 and all this sort of stuff. And it, it was really interesting because that's that, that that's the definition of sound designing in his and, world. And, yeah. And in that space. And, and so um, I don't really... I just thought that was interesting. There's not really a purpose. I was just sort of, I thought that was kind of cool that there's like a, (laughs) that there's like these things that are similar, but not quite. Right. Because in a lot of ways that's similar to what you were saying earlier, but like not quite. (laughs) There's like this like small piece that's like, "Mm, we're really close, but not really. Right. It depends on the field that you're in. Yeah. You just tweak it just a little bit. And I think that's kind of cool. I'm trying to think of audio things. I'm just like, "Ah, I just want to talk though. (laughs) Let's just talk about all the things. Because you, you blew them up. Most people do not blow through my questions. I'm oh, not really? going to lie. Like, oh. I have, like, a set of, like, six questions that I usually cater to each person that yeah. I'm going to talk to. And then um, they just keep filling, like, it's just, like, this constant thing. Well, now and I'm like, did I not talk no, enough? No, 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 no. The problem was that you answered them so thoroughly <laughs> that I was like, I don't have to ask for clarification. You were just, like, on top of it. I was like, dang, man. No, man, I need something, though. And as an interviewer, this is probably not what we should be doing. Because this is epic filler. Well, that's good and, and bad and good. Bad. bad and bad and good. It's bad all good. the things. Um, okay, so when you were freelancing, yeah. okay, um, how did you go about, like, finding different... Um, different things to work on. I mean, cause a lot of people will struggle with just finding the jobs. Like they're like, Oh, I want to do them, but where are they? I hate it. Cause as we had talked earlier, I, I, well, I'm an introvert mm-hmm. talking to people. I'm just like, eh, do I really want to do that? Oh, I can be a hermit. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with all this work from home, social distancing thing. I've been trained for this my entire life. Um, <laughs> But uh, so much to my dismay, networking is key. <laughs> like, I I don't think it can be um, just kind of iterated enough. Networking, whether you love it or hate it, it's really a key thing to getting um, or n- not to getting jobs, but to help you get a job. Because mm-hmm. that's not to say like I have had gigs to where just a random person i found this you know ad and they're just like we need somebody and i apply and they're like okay and i had you know no connection to anybody but uh, i keep hitting your mic so i'm sorry all the bass frequencies you have to tap or filter out there eq path it's uh uh i won't lie most of my jobs came from people that i worked with and i got recommended for another job 
Um, and I might not necessarily have known the crew on the other job, but they're just like, hey, my friend needs a sound person. Can you do it? And it's like, okay, sure, I can do that. Or, uh, you know, still I'll get like, I'll still get emails from my old crew to where there's like, hey, so-and-so needs a, a sound designer or they need somebody to look over this audio or something like that. And they'll send it my way or ask if they I, they can send it my way. So networking, 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 and the world is small. You would be surprised how small the world is. Yeah. Um, so be nice to everybody, <laughs> too. Yeah. Um, but, like, um, so uh, for my current job, uh, Chris, while he had, when I worked at Dallas Audio Post, there was an engineer there named Renee. Yeah. So he had, he would speak to Renee online. He never actually knew Renee in person, mm-hmm. but he speak to him online and everything like that. So when I applied for the job and he saw, oh, Dallas Audio Post, well, let me message Renee. And see what he says about her. So, like I said, it's a it's a very small world. I had no idea yeah. that 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 had happened. Um, in fact, I didn't know it until I was saying like when I was leaving to Austin, I was saying goodbye to uh, my you know people that I had worked with in Dallas before I left. Went there, and he goes, "Oh, hey, I heard you got a new job." And I was just like, "How did you know?" Yeah. <laughs> it's like what happened? Yeah, what happened? Well, let me tell you. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, networking is is a, is a thing. Yeah, yeah not much to my dismay. <laughs> yeah, I wish it didn't. But, but but also, I mean, that is to say, with your skills, obviously, if you're if you're not doing a good job, you might not necessarily be recommended. Right. So, so true. it's it's kind of both. So hone your skill, basically. Hone your skills too. Hone your skills and network. <laughs> yeah. Got it. So. Have you come across um, a lot of ladies who do what you do? Like, in general, like, have you ever met another one? Like, uh, do they exist? They, they exist. <laughs> They're out there. I've, met, I've seen most of them online. Uh, women aren't, there's not a lot. Yeah. Uh, I guess to say, well, I mean, there's obviously a lot of women in film. But I know in sound, you know, kind of the more niche you get, the less and less it becomes. Uh, and in sound, or at least in my sound classes, I was one of two girls mm-hmm. in the sound classes that I had. In uh, the studios, uh, the engineers, I've met, hmm, I probably can count on one hand the amount of engineers I've met throughout my career mm-hmm. that were when. Uh, Foley artistry, there's a lot of women. Um, and I've talked to, uh, many, uh, people who have messaged me through LinkedIn or, you know, through just friends are just like, Hey, this person's a fully, they want to be a fully artist. Can they talk to, you know, and I've yeah. messaged them. Um, but yeah, there's, they're there, they exist, <laughs> <laughs> but, but there's definitely far and few between. I don't know. Do you ever feel isolated in that? Like in, in being a part, part of such a small minority of people? Yes and no. <laughs> like like I, I guess there's definitely times where it's just like, man, it's it's difficult sometimes. Yeah. Uh trying to gosh, how do I explain this? Like it, it's definitely you you come across hardships that guys don't, you know, mm. come across. Yes. Uh and it's just like it's a real thing. People will say, no, that doesn't exist, but it's just like, no, it it exists. And and sometimes it's not even like consciously the guy doing it it's just like but i I get when you really think about it you'll notice that yeah i have to i have to push for my idea a little more than 
this, you know, yeah. this guy does, or I have to explain myself more than this guy does, you know, yeah. y- you notice things like that uh, a lot more. And, you know, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's just something that I've kind of dealt with, but cause I've definitely been in just male dominated, uh, worlds, I guess. So I honestly didn't even realize it until I was talking to other women and they would point it out and just be like, oh yeah, you know what? You're right. Mm. I did come across that. But at the same time, um, <laughs> I definitely have a uh, aggressive personality. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah? I can be very aggressive at work sometimes. So uh, I I can push through that, you know, <laughs> like I, I push through it. I am not like... Um, <clears throat> what my mom taught me at a very young age don't uh take anybody's crap okay took it to heart yeah (laughs) as i've grown up so so at the same time it's just like i don't know we're all doing our jobs and stuff uh so it's not necessarily that i feel like isolated from anybody because you know everybody's they're good people yeah um and i don't necessarily feel isolated from them but there is definitely times where it's just like yeah it'd, it'd be nice to work you know with other women yeah it's like if there could just be one more that'd yeah. be great that'd be fabulous i, I hope that made sense <laughs> no i think that makes sense um i think it makes sense in a lot of ways i think that i think okay so so one of the things for me that i have yet to come across i've worked with i've never worked with another black female engineer Mm. i would love to yeah like i don't and there's it is not for for the race or anything it's just something about having like the potential of shared experiences yeah of having a similar background possibility of we're about the same age or something like that something that that makes the experience a little bit more relatable so when something happens you feel like there's somebody on your side yeah i guess or you just feel like you're not you can feel like you have somebody to relate to. To relate to. Yeah. yeah, thank you. I'm like, on your side sounds a bit dramatic. <laughs> like like we're polarizing each other or something. And I don't mean it like that. But just to relate to you and be like, yeah. I get you. Yeah. I understand and I empathize with you. Yeah. Um, and I think there's something special about having that. And I think sometimes when you're the only one, mm-hmm. people try. But there are some things where you are like, hey, this was a thing. And then they're like, what do you mean? Right. <laughs> and you're like, well you said this thing yeah. and it can't and they're like oh okay and yeah. some some people will will take that and they'll internalize it and they're like oh i hear you i get it right. let's see about readjusting i'm sorry i didn't mean to hurt your feelings whatever and some people were just like no it's definitely, a little bit of a loss like in fact i didn't really realize it until later but one of my <laughs> one of one of the things that i do a lot is write down a lot of things or people be like, you have a great memory. And it's just because I wrote something down because I've noticed, you know, I have to bring this up, you know, Oh, I brought this up on this date. Why, why are you acting like this is a big surprise or, or, Hey, I, um, uh, you know, we, we talked about this before or, you know, we've had this conversation and it's like, Oh, okay. And I don't know. That's kind of just like something that's I've, I've noticed that I've had to do a lot Mm -hmm. that, like I said, I just have to do it a lot more with men than I do with women necessarily. And I, you know, I don't, I can't really say that's uh, what the ratio looks like or anything. Like yeah. That. With the ratio, but, yeah. but it's just something that I've noticed that I do. But I mean, that's not to say I've have had my share of very blatant sexism. Yeah. 
in fact, at uh, one job that I worked with, I won't say which one, but there was one job to where uh, one of the directors would not acknowledge me if there was uh, uh, the other male engineer was there. I was not acknowledged mm. sometimes where it was just like not my opinion unless I screwed something up. Then boy was I there. Oh man. <laughs> and it was just like and it was very patronizing when they spoke and I'm just like it's okay to tell me that you hate whatever that I did. Just say it. I don't need you to speak down to me. Yeah. That it's just like well it's just because of this and I, I said this and blah 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 and I'm just like just tell me that you hate it. It's fine. Yeah. You know don't Speak to me like I'm a child. Yeah. And because uh, that wouldn't happen when my, you know, the other engineer screwed up. And it's just like, whatever. There are some points where you just kind of like, you, you kind of have to do a beleaguered sigh and, and move on. Yeah. <clears throat> like, this is not going Yeah. It's just like, I'm, I'm, you're not going to change this person's mind. So, uh, but those people are, they're far and few between. Yeah. Um, you know, I work with a bunch of, you know, great people. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's a lot of instances with stuff like that, though, too, where sometimes you just, it's going to happen. Yeah. And you have to decide how you're going to handle it. Right. Because if you're prepared for it, mm -hmm. then you don't necessarily act out of emotion. Yeah. Then you can act out of, okay, what is the best way to maneuver in this space instead yeah. of it being like, my initial reaction is an emotional one, yeah. which usually never gets anybody what they want anyways, you know? Right. Like, you have to be able to come to the table making a little bit more sense yeah. than just sprouting a bunch of stuff, right? right. And so when, when you can usually approach it that way, then usually you have a better better mindset for, for being able to, to communicate effectively with somebody yeah. instead of it just simply being like an attack yeah. out of nowhere. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's definitely, uh, sometimes it's, it's a learned skill. <laughs> it is I a will learned say, skill. <laughs> as much as that person was not a great person, it did help me. It, it actually helped me learn not to take things personally. Mm. Like, uh, it, it was a weird way of like learning that, you know what? This isn't a rag against my skill. Uh, for this, you know, the, the guy, it was just like, it, it helped me be just like, okay, don't, don't, don't be just, don't feel down about this. Don't feel disappointed in yourself. It's okay. Just, you know, they want it like this, do it like this and move on. And then, you know, as it goes on, because I've met, you know, there's a lot of people who are just like, if you say something bad about their work or they don't like something in your work, because I mean, we're in the creative field. It's a very, uh, you know, it's just. Boy, words aren't coming to me. I nuance? record the words. I was like, uh, it's very nuanced. Yeah. It's very it's subjective. Um, subjective. Yeah, subjective. It's very subjective. Sorry. Word. Those, were the, those were the best hand gestures. I was like, volume, <laughs> space. Um, I record the words. I don't say the words. I don't create the yeah. words. No. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's a creative field. So it's very subjective. So somebody saying that they don't necessarily like something you did isn't necessarily a dig against you as your skills. It's just saying this isn't right for their particular want or project. So, you know, it just you learn not to take it like personally. And sometimes there's people that have a hard time separating uh their personal feelings from their work. Yes. That is a great piece of advice. <laughs> um, that's actually something that I've been learning more about more recently is 
having that separation because there are a lot of people. And I think at one point I thought this way too, where my work was my identity Mm -hmm. and I was like, like it was everything to me. And if I wasn't a sound engineer, that somehow I was a failure at life or if somebody criticized me as my sound, then it meant that I was a failure and I shouldn't be doing audio or something like Mm -hmm. insane like that. And it, and it's one of those things where you really do have to learn to separate that. Like, like, how are you ever going to get better if you're personally offended anytime somebody critiques you? Yeah. How are you ever going to grow in your skills, your mindset, your thinking, who you are as a person yeah. if you're constantly offended because somebody dared to say, hey, maybe this isn't the best idea? Yeah. Yeah. You know? Oh, definitely. You know? Or and they're so- just like, they want this effect and you're just like, it doesn't, you know, you can give your personal opinion. I mean, obviously, if you think that it's a bad choice, express it. For sure. But when they push because... Let's be fair. Some directors are just like, yeah, but I want it this way. And if you're not going to do it, then I'm just going to find somebody else that does it. And, you know, the the best advice I can give is do it to the best of your ability. <laughs> like, like make the best of the situation. And because I've had to do things that I didn't necessarily agree with, but it was just like, you know what? If I have to do it this way, then I'm going to make it sound as the best that I can doing it this way. Yeah. So sometimes you just have to, you know, make lemonade out of lemons and yeah. uh do the best that you can with with what you're with what you're given yeah. or what you're asked to do yeah. so but um oh speaking of that i guess i guess kind of on topic i don't know or you well, know you, segue, you, you know whatever some <laughs> of the best advice i had ever gotten was um design to what you know is best not what you think the director thinks is best because i guess to put it this way if you're designing something and you have this idea and you're just like, oh man, I really want it to sound this way. Yeah. Uh, design it that way because the director might not necessarily have thought of that, how, you know, maybe you have thought something was, or uh, they might've envisioned that, but didn't know how to say it. And, and, you know, you don't know what the director really wants until you give them whatever you created. So if you think, uh, how to put this, like with cartoon, we'll just do an example, like with cartoon sound effects. If mm-hmm. I know that the director liked 90s cartoons, and so I mimicked some 90 cartoon stuff, but I still wanted to put on like some modern touches with it. Like maybe you wanted to put some anime sound effects or something in there to kind of, you know, give it its own little style. It's not what the director asked for, but, you know, I thought that it would sound good this way. Yeah. So I go ahead and do it in. And... The worst you're going to get is, uh, no, take it out. Yeah. You know, it's, but you might be surprised and be like, oh, bien. I, I don't know how many times I get that. Oh, I really like that. Yeah. I would never have thought of that. So, like, I, I so I guess to say, like, you don't necessarily always have to, like, or like I said, design to what you know is best, not to what you think that they want. Until otherwise told. Until otherwise told, yeah. <laughs> and then, then in told, that case, you're Then like, you got to take it out. Then you know they told what. me not to do that. So <laughs> You'll we're be surprised more often of how many times they like it versus how many times you're just like, hey, I take it out. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's that's fair, though. I mean, a lot of times people, they're just, they're waiting for you. Like, There's a reason why a lot of people hire you for what you're doing, right? Mm-hmm. It's because they're hiring you because you are the, to them, you are the expert in your field, right? And and you are the person with the knowledge. So sometimes it's like, I'm going to give you this thing and I want you to run with it and, yeah. and see what happens and that's okay. I think a lot of times people forget that sometimes. Yeah. They're like, nah. <laughs> so that's that's really cool. That's really cool advice. What are you watching right now? 
that you're just like, man, I'm like in love with it? Oh, uh, let me think about that. <laughs> uh, competitive cake baking show. <laughs> Side note, have you seen the Lego show where they have I've to build the Lego? Oh my gosh, I love it. Oh, yeah. So I'm done. I'm done. I was like, why is this a thing? I don't know, but I'm here I don't for know. it. I'm watching it. Though. I'm here for I saw it. the commercial. I'm just like, yes. I don't care what it's about, but I'm going to watch people build Lego stuff. No cares. <laughs> yes. Um. <laughs> but, oh. oh no, no, I have to think with, with film and stuff. What have I been watching? Uh, uh, gosh, what have I been watching? Edit this down for how long this pause is going to be. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, what what animation have you been watching lately that you've been like really digging the sound design, story, etc., etc. for? Oh, actually, you know what? No, there is something that I've been watching. <laughs> one of the actually, you're right. This is one of the few live action things that I watch. Better Call Saul. Better Call Saul. Yeah, it's the, I guess, the spinoff series from Breaking Bad. This is its season five. The sound design in that show is amazing. Really, everything in that show is amazing. I think if you just break down that show, it's just like you can have a film class dedicated to breaking down Better Call Saul and stuff. Like To me, their use of visuals is amazing. Uh, Their use of storytelling and stuff is, it's just great. But... But yeah, their sound design in that show to me is just like, I, I strive to be able to do that one day. Mm. They have like a lot of little motifs, their their uh, decisions on what music to show or what music to put on mm-hmm. uh, is like very selective. One of the my biggest pet peeves, like I have a love-hate relationship with scores. Mm-hmm. I think they are fantastic. They can bring together a scene so greatly, but sometimes I think they can be used as a crutch. Mm. If an emotion or something didn't necessarily get shown or needs to be told better, sometimes I think directors can lean on the composition to, you know, Mm. as a crutch to, well, it didn't really pan out, so we're going to make them sell it with sound type of thing. Uh, Um, Yeah. And it's kind of a love-hate. It's not necessarily that it's a bad thing. Uh, It's just... Yeah, it, it can be so much more if you know how to be, uh, I guess, selective with it and, and know the big moments. And that's one of the things I love about Solix is sometimes they'll have giant segments with no music whatsoever. In fact, one of my favorite scenes was in the season finale of season two. I think if I remember right, it's like a seven and a half minute scene of really just ambient and Foley noises that were going on. And uh, in the background, like, I'm trying not to be, I'm not trying not to spoil anything, but basically it was just like the creative use of the ambience and ramping it up in certain sections, or I think like overall, they just had it ramp up through the scene to kind of build the tension. Because honestly, in the scene, it was more tense without music Mm. than it would have been ever with music. Like, I was thinking when I first saw it, like, I could think, oh, yeah, I could hear the, somebody wanting the composer to do, like, ten strings coming up or, or you know, I want this bass thing going on to build the tension. But it's just, like, to me, it was more tense without music and just having the environment going on because you're just like, holy crap, what's about to happen? Yeah. Then, you know, like I said, uh, any sort of music in it. But then the music that they do place is very, like, it's very intentional. 
and uh, purposeful in, in what it's doing. And whenever they put it in, it like it definitely intensifies the scene to you know like eleven, and it's it's great. Like I, I love it. Like, <laughs> I could honestly talk like for hours on Better Call Saul. So yeah. That's awesome. That's really cool. Um, I like that. That's that's a very in depth answer to that question, and I love it. Um, last question. Okay. Because then I think we we are there. Um, what is your favorite sound effect that you've gotten to make? Oh man. Oh. Okay, my because it changes on a like daily, weekly basis. But one of my favorite things was a very. Uh, it was a foley thing that I made. I didn't know if it was going to work, and when I made it, I was so happily surprised that it did. So. Um, Recently, I have made uh, <laughs> this might be a long okay. answer to your question, okay. but there's not okay. really a time limit to anything. <laughs> so, so um, recently, I have made what I've been calling Foley platforms. Okay, so most Foley stages and studios have floors built in to their studio, right? Okay, yeah. So, like, if you bring up a Foley stage, you'll you can see like every you know, inch of their floor is just a different type of flooring. So they might have tile and then carpet and concrete and, and then a pit where they have like grass or, or leaves or something like that. And then a pit of dirt. And they have all of these textures, of course, because whenever they're walking or throwing something on the ground, you know, they, they need to match whatever texture it needs to be. Right. Well, I do not have that luxury. Uh, our, our VO booth, uh, which we do all of our Foley recording in, or I do all the Foley recording in, is a very small, relatively small booth. Uh, so we don't have the luxury of having whatever floors that we can install. Yeah. So uh, when I was looking online, you know, people build pits. So they'll build like a little box and put whatever flooring or whatever they need in it. My problem with those boxes is that, well, they sound boxy when you record them. Yeah. They, You can definitely hear all the reflections of the sound bouncing everywhere. And I never really cared for it. So... I thought, well, why don't I just take off the sides and not make it a box? But the thing is, is too, is that the weight of the platform itself is just like, if you step on a small piece of board, it sounds like a small piece of board. It doesn't sound like a wooden floor. So I was racking my brain, how am I going to do this? You know, how can I do this? So I thought, you know what, I'm going to make like these platforms and physically install flooring on these wooden platforms and make them portable enough to where I can carry them around, but heavy enough to where you, you hear a weight in it. It doesn't sound like it's on a board. So I made three of them. I made a tile floor platform, a vinyl wooden floor platform and a carpet platform. These are my tests. Cause I didn't know how it was going to sound either. <laughs> I thought maybe it's going to sound good. Maybe it's going to sound bad. So the biggest one I have is the carpet, which is a four by four on strand board carpet it's just installed with the because oh that was the other thing is like advice would be we'll just throw whatever texture it is on the ground i'm just like but you can hear it moving whenever you're on it so if i throw a piece of carpet on the ground it sounds like a piece of carpet on the ground it doesn't sound like carpet flooring so i uh was going to install carpet flooring with the foam and everything and and the staples or the the nails or whatever i called my poor dad i think i counted like 17 times (laughs) 
over the course of the week and I was making these. He was very, pa- he's a patient man. So I, I love my dad. <laughs> but, uh, but um, I wound up actually finding these like carpet squares that were uh, with foam insulation and stuff already in them that you could just paste down or stick down. So I used that for the vinyl wood flooring. I installed it like a vinyl wood floor. I got the glue, snapped everything together and put it down and then let it cure for the tile, which was, and this is why like it kind of goes in with the sound that I really like. So I also installed the tile floor like I would have a tile floor. So it it wound up being, I think, three and a half feet by three and a half feet. But yeah, I put the thin set on it. I, I think it's called back buttering the tile or you put some thin set to get all the grooves out installed it grouted it it looked like a tile floor and a platform and uh i brought them all to the studio and i used them in the last few episodes of ruby uh volume what was the seven they all run together sorry volume seven um and they sounded really good and i was surprised about how good because i like i said i try to make up for um how small they were by making them as big and portable as possible Mm -hmm. uh but, you know, still light enough to where I could carry them and put them against the wall for storage because we just, you know, we don't have the space to have these three floors everywhere. So I was surprised about how well it came out. And my tile floor, to the surprise of no one, (laughs) broke. (laughs) Um, Like, because when we were lift, when I was lifting it around uh, and then putting it in my uh, brother's truck, it uh, was definitely starting to crack. Mm. So I, I knew like it wasn't going to last long. I'm just like, I just need it to last the last few episodes of Ruby and I'll be okay. So, and, and it, it made it through like two episodes, <laughs> not, not all the episodes that I needed, but, um, but the tile, it sounded good. So of course, when the tile started to crack and the uh, thin set started to move and I realized what I needed to do was like, I'm just getting the flooring. I really just need to glue these suckers down onto it rather than act like it's the flooring because it's it's accomplishing the same thing, right? The tile is on the ground and connected to the floor and it sounds solid mm-hmm. and not just like something on a surface. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. So all of my tile and tile, you know, 1.0 uh, <laughs> cracked. And I was like, oh, man, this this sucks. I can't use it because I, I tried to use it in vain, but it's just like every step you would hear the cracking. And I realized, you know what? This sounds a lot like ice cracking. And in the next episode of Ruby, I actually had them walking on a icy tundra. Oh. So I was like, hmm, that's good timing. So <laughs> I also had a snow bin that I had made, which was literally just cornstarch and flour inside of a pillowcase in a bin. So if you ever listen to cornstarch and, and crunch it, it's very, push it, like it's very crunchy, uh-huh. right? It doesn't sound, it's very, a cartoony almost snow footstep. Like, but people be like, oh, I use cornstarch for snow footsteps. And it works, but I actually put flour in it as well to, or, and I guess I should say a certain part of the pillowcase to cut down on how, crunchy it became so you would hear a soft crunch but not necessarily a super big crunch Mm. and that kind of helps sell the realism i mean this still doesn't sound exactly like a snow footstep but it sounds relatively close yeah uh 
So what I actually did for all of the footsteps on that icy tundra was I combined the two. I did my walking pass on the broken tile. So I got this solid icy cracking sound. And then I added some snow crunching with the snow bin. uh, And I did it by hand. I didn't walk on it, but I did it by hand to where I just followed their movements and their shifting with that snow bin. And I put them together and mixed it a little bit. And it came out to a pretty good sounding, if I don't say so myself, or at least for a Texas girl that <laughs> maybe only seen snow when she visited her grandma in New York. But uh, but no, it like it came out to be a pretty good snow sound or a snow footstep. That was the best qualification <laughs> anybody could have asked for. You know, at least for a Texas girl who's only visited her grandmother yeah. in New York. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> that is awesome. So that yeah. that's your most proudest. Yeah, but sound current, currently, currently, that's my most proudest thing that I've I've done. That's awesome. <laughs> that is that is so in depth, and I love it. Well, man. That was really great. That that's a story right there. <laughs> that was a story, and I like it. Um, well, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you and for I inviting really me. Appreciate it, and um, I'll let you know when this goes live. Yeah, definitely. <laughs>